0: So everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really excited for this one. So uh, welcome to Soul Food Sunday Talks where we interview members of the soul food community, uh, our favorite artists and our inspirations. This week, this weekend, we have a really, really special guest. Uh, this man is a legend, <laughs> has been popping off in the last year, last couple of years. And I just want to introduce my man, Remnant EXE. How are you doing?
1: Dude, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, thank you for coming on. It's a huge pleasure to be yeah. able to speak with you and be able to hang out and sort of, it's cool to see all these people pulling up for this.
0: Yeah, definitely. I hope more come through. This is going to be a banger of an episode. <laughs> so, you know, just to introduce you guys to Remnant uh, EXE. Uh, not that he needs much introduction now, <laughs> uh, but you know, Remnant EXE is a fantastic wave producer that I got to personally know, you know, through Soul Food. Uh, I think, you know, I think it was last year we invited uh Remnant to play one of our first shows, uh, on the block collaboration with DVC, and he absolutely smashed it. And honestly, from then I fell in love with his music. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, and- I mean that was, yeah. that was a
1: great time. I was yeah. like yeah, super, definitely. super happy to be a part of that show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like just getting to know everybody at the Soul Food family since then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Has been great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. And we also invited him to another show, the famous Wave Check Festival that happens, yep. uh, you know, curated by Hassan, you know, and so he's been a really good friend of us and it's not only that you know he just released his EP Psychokinesis EP maybe a couple of weeks ago so go check that out <laughs> go stream it you know another plug he also has you know a Serum preset pack volume 1 you know mm-hmm. so go check that out if you want to you know maybe dabble with wave maybe dabble with all that and just to mention a couple other things I'm going to mention three collectives. We got Sable Valley. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Singularity. Like, that song is a freaking banger. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> we got Vibe Digital. Like, his relationship with Vibe Digital is really strong, and that's where he released his EP. So we're definitely going to talk about that and also his own collective, Forest Boys Collective. And we'll definitely, you know, go over that, talk about how those connections were made, if that sounds good with you.
1: Oh, yeah, that sounds great.
0: Awesome. You know, so I just wanted to ask you, we're going to dive right in. So, you know, the beginning question is, how you doing, man? How are you feeling?
1: Oh, I'm feeling great. Awesome. I mean, things have been going real well. I've been feeling very creative and the music has been flowing mm-hmm. uh, more the last year than it has ever before. Mm-hmm. And I'm really honestly blown away with, like, the amount of things I've been able to do over the past year and just Mm -hmm. sort of setting goals and achieving them.
0: And
1: I hope I can continue that.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I definitely think you will because, you know, technically speaking, the name Remnant and your project is not that old, really. And so this is kind of where I want to, you know, divulge into maybe a little bit more personal like how was 2020 for you and how does maybe 2021 compare for you in terms of your musicality your artistry and your personal life
1: yeah so 2020 was really interesting i sort of hit a turning point Mm -hmm. i graduated college uh a year ago in may and i was living in tucson i was working at a hotel and i was kind of just like unsatisfied with like the amount of time I had to focus on music. Well, we really have so like the pandemic hit and yeah. I got laid off and I was kind of sad about being laid off, but I was like, Hey, now I have like an insane amount of free time. So I just started spending like all my time working on music. And then they like, like two months later, they called me back. They're like, Hey, do you want to come back to work? And I was like, I uh, yeah, sure <laughs> I guess like I, I don't have any money right now, so I should. So I went back to work for like a month Mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I feel like I'm just wasting my time Mm -hmm. here. And like, after having that, like time where I could just be fully focused on music. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to downsize and move back in with my mom, Mm -hmm. quit my job and just work on music. Wow. And I'm basically, so I've been, I moved to New Mexico. I've been here for almost a year now mm-hmm. and I'm so happy I made that decision. Cause like, yeah, it's like, I mean, it was kind of rough like having to give up my like independence cause I was living on my own and it yeah. was real great and I was having a good time. But like now I just like went to overdrive and have been, just going as hard as possible with the goal of being able to just like move out mm-hmm. as soon as possible, where I, in a when I'm in a position where I can just live off of music and not yeah. have to work a job that I hate. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> feel that. And so I can't, I
0: kind of want to explore that talk, topic a little bit because it's very relevant. Uh, I feel like a lot of artists have, especially in the underground, Like, even though COVID was a big thing and hit a lot of people, a lot of the underground music world has really thrived off of, you know, staying home, not like there's not much to do, you know, COVID hit. And so they kind of just stopped what they're doing and doing music. And, you know, there's this interesting thing before that a lot of like people would be stuck in this like, well, I want to have my job but I don't want to take the leap of faith to really like, deep, like dive dive deep into music. And this like COVID, you know, kind of made that happen. Yep. You know, it, it just kind of made that happen, made the decision for you. Is that something you can like attest to? Is that something, you know, you maybe relate with?
1: Definitely. I mean, I had no plans on quitting that job. Mm-hmm. I was like, Basically, the idea was I was just going to keep working on music on the side mm-hmm. and then eventually quit once things were working well. And when I got laid off, I was like, well, shit, I guess like I don't really have a choice anymore. I could just spend all this time playing video games or just doing nothing, or I could just like work on music and like act as if this is now like my full time job. Yeah, yeah and definitely do that. So, yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it sucked cuz like I couldn't like go do anything with anybody. Yeah. But also like just not being able to do anything and being stuck at home mm-hmm. kind of just forced me to like make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Yeah.
0: That's that's really awesome to hear. And I kind of want to like jump back even further. Maybe you can talk about, like, you know, your music and your artistry before COVID, and we can sort of, you know, compare and contrast, you know, either your different style or, you know, different ways you approach music now than before. Maybe you can talk about, you know, Remnant pre-COVID and, like, what you were doing with music.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I think I had... I I was a lot less focused. And I don't want to say that, like, that that's a bad thing. It probably wasn't a bad thing because like I just kind of was doing the, the whole philosophy of the Remnant.exe project. Like when I yeah. started it, I was, I had been in a place where I was focused on making a very specific type of music for, I don't know, since like 2012. And I was really trying to like go full on like EDM dubstep kind of yeah. stuff. And it just like, I could never make anything that was like up to my own personal standards of like what I wanted it to sound like. And I was just really frustrated. Yeah. And I got to a point where I was just like, I I'm just going to make whatever, like I'm not even going to think about mixing or mastering. I'm just going to like play something on the keyboard and see what happens. And I just started making like weird synth wave kind of, dark synth music that I, sure. I was, I was sort of into like Daniel Deluxe mm-hmm. uh, for a while back then. And I I created this new SoundCloud account as like a side account, mm-hmm. which was now the, my <laughs> main account. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, my Like the the first thing I posted on there got like way more attention than anything I'd ever posted like mm-hmm. before on SoundCloud. And I was yeah. like, huh, maybe I should just like keep doing this. So I just kind of like, <laughs> Every few weeks, I'd make a new track and I just post mm-hmm. it on there, and people were actually like interested in it. And I'm like, hmm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm just making random stuff that's like yeah. kind of fitting into like the wave genre. And my buddy, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, goes by the producer named Ludacy. Uh, we were hanging out at the time, and he was like, "Hey man, this kind of sounds like wave music." <laughs> and so he started getting me, like, he introduced me to the whole scene and showed me all, I mean, like, of Dream, Climax, like, oh, the whole, like. Classics. Classics, all the OGs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I got super into it. And I started sort of shifting the sound from Synthwave towards that direction. Sure, yeah. And sort of kept following that. And then I don't know, at some point along the line, like I started putting some of like my original EDM esque inspirations into the music. Yeah. And started exploring that a little bit more. And then didn't really like get super focused on that aspect until Sable Valley started getting in contact with me and showed me that they were possibly interested in getting some music from me. And I yep. was like, that'll do if it. If I like, if I just like really focus on like <laughs> making some bangers, yep, then they'll probably sign something eventually. So like that was, I don't know, beginning of 2019 mm-hmm. when that sort of kicked me into gear a little bit, but I was yeah. also going to college. I was working, so yeah. I couldn't like, go super hard. And then once COVID hit, I just had time to like, focus on time. wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a a really interesting progression that I think, like, I, I don't think you're alone. Like when you say like, yeah, at a certain point, I wasn't really happy. So you know, I just started making whatever, whatever. And you know, now you're at a point where you have a solid identity. With your remnant project to, you know, before where you kind of didn't know what you're doing. Can you maybe compare and contrast your feelings between, like, you know, this remnant project where you have this solid identity <laughs> and before where you were kind of just like floating, not really knowing what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I have at least i I feel like the music i work on now has some sort of sense of purpose within the universe that i've sort of built around Mm -hmm. the project whereas before i was just kind of making music that was like randomly not really cohesive in a way i mean I, i i believe in like the musical fingerprint where you know, anything you touch is always going to sound like you, no matter what the actual sounds sound like. But like as the artist personally, I was just like, none of this sounds like it's a cohesive project at all of anything that I was working on pre 2017. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, some of my stuff, I kind of feel like that about some of my tracks in the remnant discography, but also like not as much. Mm, So, I don't Um, know. Yeah,
0: for me, sorry to cut you off, but for me, yeah, it really does seem like as you progress through the Remnant SoundCloud discography, it it kind of feels like all of the early stuff or culmination and building up, you know, the ideas and creativity are flowing into like this singular point in your project now where you had a bunch of different ideas that sounded like Remnant and now it's it came together yeah with your different releases now especially with the with the ep that you that you came out
1: with well it's cool to hear that that's Mm -hmm. sort of coming through because i think i do have sort of recurring like sonic motifs and sounds and ideas and things that i had played with in older tracks and now i like I have this list of things that it sounds and stuff that I can pull from where I'm like, this was something that was like really cool. And I can use it now in my stuff to sort of like, I don't know, make a new version of that idea and sort of feed off the old tracks and Mm -hmm. stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. And we, I think we all can definitely hear that (laughs) we have. Yeah. Yeah, i've been on a ramp remnant bench lately and hear that your signature <laughs> style developed through so I, I think it's very clear that you have now you know developed this style that's clearly you and you know just to jump even further into this you know i would like to talk about you know you personally you know like how did you get into like the edm style how did you get into music was it very early on as a kid or were you maybe listening to different genres when you're growing up, maybe you can, you know, explain a oh, little bit about your childhood.
1: Yeah, it's uh it goes way back. So my dad's a guitarist, music mm. producer. So like I've always sort of been around music itself. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I mean like real young, my parents only let me listen to the Beatles. And so I listened to that for like I don't know, the first five years of my life. Wow. <laughs> and then at some point uh, along the lines, uh, along the way I, uh, was on some car ride with my parents and they had, uh, what's it called? Contact note, the album by, uh, John Hopkins yeah. playing and wow, very rem- early on. Very wow. early <laughs> on. <laughs> so that was like my first like identifiable experience with electronic music. And at the time, like, I just thought it was like, cool. And I didn't end up revisiting that album till like, I don't know, I was in like seventh or eighth grade. But Mm -hmm. I also remember at one point driving in the car with my mother and we were flipping through radio stations. I was maybe like seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's the name of the song? Like the every time we touch or every time we kiss by um, Cascada cascada yeah, yeah that played yep. on the radio mm-hmm. and wow. i remember like th- it's like a visceral like sensation that like i heard that song and i was like what is this this yeah, yeah. this is amazing and my mother like heard like the first five seconds she's like oh we're not listening to that and <laughs> it was like, it was like and i was like damn it and i spent like years trying to find that song afterwards wow. and so that like kicked off some little You know, started the ball rolling and then I found bass hunter when I was in middle school and like got really into that Dota, uh, that quintessential track. Um, And then in like middle school, uh, one of my friends was like, yo, have you heard of dubstep? I'm like, (laughs) classic. Nah, I don't know what dubstep (laughs) is. And he showed me uh, Sierra Leone. Wow and oh, Mount Eden. <laughs> yeah oh, <classic>
0: stuff. Wow. <laughs> that
1: track and I was like oh shit like this is like the new new stuff that is gonna be popping off and then got into like Skrillex knife party oh, yeah, definitely. all those guys and sort of just like went down the rabbit hole of like dubstep and didn't really listen to much else for like the next five years like it was really just like disciple never say die Mm-hmm. Uh, those record labels yeah, yeah were definitely. like my go-to and then yeah. like i mean i also kept up with skrillex the whole time uh jack U was really uh inspirational to me and oh, at yeah, the time yeah. when that came out like that's the kind of music i was trying to make and like i mm-hmm. just like i couldn't really i wasn't there yeah. and so yeah once i found like wave music i was i'd sort of discovered that there's this whole world of underground producers online yeah. and Yo, there's man. just like it's all there's so much good stuff out there and like you'll find someone who has like four followers with a track that has like two plays on it and it's like one of the best songs you've ever heard
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah wow wait greg's great segue because i'm about to <laughs> go off on wave music right now we got oh, a, man. we got okay a couple shout outs we got taco tamago Shout out, Taco Tamago. We got Just Connor. Shout out, Just Connor. We got Without, Without the Soul Food, homie.
1: Hey.
0: And now, you know, before we talk about the (laughs) Remnant Project, we got to talk about Wave. We got to talk about (laughs) Wave. I mean, what is Wave? Soul Food founded Wave in 1988. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, like, the Wave community. Oh, man. Man it's insane how this like genre has such a crazy support you know it's not popular it's not big but you know once you get into this whole space of wave music and the community you know that's been built like it's, yeah. it's un- I I can't even comment. It's just, it's an (laughs) awesome experience. Maybe you can attest to that and maybe give your
1: experiences with the wave community. Absolutely. I mean, this has been one of the coolest experiences I've like, just like being a part of this because I haven't seen this with any other music community where it's just like extremely talented people, like tons of insanely talented people all supporting each other and like building each other up and, fostering this mostly extremely positive and uplifting community and i don't Definitely. think i would be where i am today without having all of these friends in the scene supporting mm-hmm. my stuff cuz like i remember but back to when ludacy introduced me to wave sure. he uh, he was like yo there's this thing called discord and there's a there's a community on there of people who make wave music you might like it so I made a discord account and I yeah. logged into the wave pool discord and people, I was like, man, like this is actually kind of cool. I feel like I can relate like just like jump into conversations that people are having about music. Yeah. I can offer my experiences and my expertise and they can give me theirs. And I was super huge on like the feedback channel. Cause before then I would only like, only place i found for track feedback was the edm producer network on facebook and that group it's it's not that great for like (laughs) getting good feedback on stuff because it's always just gonna be some random dude who thinks he knows what he's talking about yeah and you might get some bad advice but in the (laughs) wave pool discord i mean you could also get bad you can get bad advice anywhere but I got a lot of good advice and there were a bunch of people who were like, yo, you're really cool. I've got this other community over here. You want to join it? And like started like going into these like little sub communities. And that's eventually I know you're going to get to forest boys. That's how I ended up getting over there with like all these different random people I started talking to. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean the, the wave community is something extremely special. And I really hope it can stay as positive and cool
0: yeah, I as mean, it has been. I think so. Like, you know, from my experiences, you know, uh, I am sort of like an outsider looking in to, you know, like the whole wave community. Uh, I don't, you know, but just from what I've seen, you know, what I've heard the stories and just my experiences, you know, the way I've seen it. A lot of nice people and honestly when i go there it feels like old soundcloud i know this is kind <laughs> of a dead meme but it really does <laughs> like 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 you said you'll find like wave like producers who are just posting random like songs tracks with crazy names like yeah. that you can't even read <laughs> like <laughs> like some crazy names and they only have like five hundred thousand plays and you'll take a listen it's like wow this stuff is really good and like it's like nothing i've heard before and that's sort of like what i think about the wave community and i i think it'll still be like that for years to come honestly or at least that's what i hope
1: yeah i think it also comes from it being just sort of very not mainstream oriented Mm. at all it's just people like they find a cool aesthetic and they're like, I like this and they make a cool beat and they're like, this sounds cool. I'm going to post it on SoundCloud. yeah. And like a lot of the most like amazing producers that I've like talked to and listened to, like they're not like really, really deeply analytical about the, actual like engineering of the music it's just oh i naturally made a cool beat and (laughs) it just sounds great and i'm gonna put it out it's like this like i don't know i feel like with like sort of like more mainstream edm stuff it's really really like boiled down to a science and everything's very marketable and Mm -hmm. i mean of course you have to like do that if you want to get if you want to like make a lot of money with it but like yeah. it takes some of the soul out of there so like the wave community has like a soul yeah
0: in it. i think so too and it's okay it's crazy that you say it has a soul to it because like what i've heard and like my experience with the wave community this has all been built like literally through the internet yeah and like yeah because like for me when i like think of wave shows the only the only big wave show i can really like pinpoint is that i think it's called arcadia fest in russia
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah, that one and it was like a bunch of people i don't remember but i think skeller was there i think i saw a video of skeller playing his stuff but that's really it there's been no like show big shows or like big events like insomniac or nothing like playing wave music it's all just been built up and built up through you know all of these discord communities soundcloud spotify Uh, and yeah that's that's where i think the soul comes from really hasn't been definitely tainted yet (laughs) by you know the mainstream maybe you can sort of attest to that
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we're seeing it slowly start to creep in uh, it, it, like, but I think it's also kind of a natural progression for especially a lot of people. Like if you're getting bigger opportunities, like you should take those bigger opportunities, yeah. even if it like might end up making you more mainstream and commercialized at some point years down the road. But like, Mm -hmm. I think just having this like community here is like an amazing incubator for artists and like you can just like grow and find your place in this community and then eventually you know, at some point something might come along and you're gonna take off. And I think that's like the coolest thing about it. Also like the community aspect, you mentioned the Arcadia show like that kind of, I mean, that was like a massive event and that all happened through just these different collectives on the internet, getting together and organizing this stuff. Like I like, it was kind of sad because like COVID happened like right after that show. And it was kind of like, this like moment of like wow this is like actually happening and then everything went on pause for a year so yeah, definitely. we're hoping that things like that are going to be happening again once things are as things open up a little bit more yeah, i think so i think it's i i
0: definitely think like it's going to be an amazing experience for all of this like online community infrastructure to now move into a live event setting where it's not like it's not like these random people kind of coming up to like you know meet producers and making an event it's like these are friends already in this already made space where all these you know creators can create and just putting it into a live area where it's just a huge culmination of everything that's happened and i think that's what i'm most excited for with this like i i hope when like I go to wave shows that it won't be a commercialization of the genre, (laughs) but it'll just be like actual, you know, talent being played. And that's sort of what I envision for the future of wave music, honestly.
1: Absolutely. And I think the mindset of the artists, like they're not that sort of like, I don't know. When I think of like EDM producers, I think of like people who are very like, I don't know, just hardcore mainstream productivity oriented, just like yeah. gotta go fast. Like mm-hmm. wave producers aren't really like that. They're just like they make cool music and they play cool music for the people who are there to listen to it. And yeah, that's
0: yeah, I feel that. And yeah, so we're gonna move on, but let's get some shout outs out of the way because we got we got some people in here. All right, we got wishy washy music. Wishy washy what's go. up. We got uh let's see, we got reprise gabe the man, and then we also I think I saw Yama in here. Yama does I Yama think I, saw, in here? I think Yama's in here. I can't find him, but yeah, shout out
1: Oh yeah, there he is.
0: There he is, and then oh here we go. Oi, oi. what's up, man? And we got <laughs> Ramon
1: Pang. We got Peng Ramon <laughs>
0: All right, we got a couple shout outs out of the way, but now I want to deep dive into the Remnant project because All right. that's what we're here for. <laughs> so maybe you can give us a little bit of background, you know, how you found the name Remnant, remnant.exe, maybe sort of the background on that history.
1: Yeah. So originally, like I mentioned before, it was kind of a side project, and I was really into synthwave, sort of like retro 80s kind of dance music and when i was trying to come up with a name i was like huh i guess remnant like you know maybe just like a a piece of a piece of the past like Mm. that's where like the the remnants of your uh, url comes from Mm. so i was just going with remnant for a while and then when i started distributing my music on spotify i noticed that there was this gospel rapper that hadn't posted anything in like years Mm -hmm. but they also go by remnant and uh, my stuff was ending up on their page and i was like damn it. I got to figure something out here. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. my, my Instagram account had always been remnant.exe. Cause of course remnant was taken on there. Mm. And I was like, I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tack the.exe on there. <laughs> I, I don't see that anywhere else. Like yeah. it's just gonna, uh, it's gonna be good for search engine optimization and sure sure, it, sure it'll make the name a little bit more unique. So that's pretty much how that happened. Yeah. And I've always sort of tried to keep that. Sort of with the the original philosophy, the original project of synth wave and retro kind of stuff like keeping sort of. uh, Older. Or retro sounds in the music like I've got this like uh, Oberheim synthesizer from the 80s that I use in a lot of my work, Uh, I've got uh, this whole i i found this zip file of 8000 yamaha dx7 presets what? that you can actually load up in fm8 or uh dext if you wow. have it yeah it's a uh... oh
0: wait. <laughs> you might need to send that to me. yeah i might going to i can
1: That's... send that if you guys to like post in the soul food discord or something for people to download cuz like yeah it's insane i mean i've had that for years and i've only just scratched the surface of the presets that are in there yeah because that, um. that
0: synth is iconic
1: oh yeah A
0: yeah, Yamaha, <laughs> yeah TX7, that's iconic and to have
1: presets it's,
0: it's yeah. just at your disposal wow that's that's crazy
1: yeah with the uh like uh the like roads preset on mm-hmm. there it's just like instant like classic yeah there, there's some really good ones in there uh so i've been trying to keep like those sounds in there and i'm also just like a lot of reactor ensembles where it's just something like really obscure that I've, I've seen nobody use ever and just find some like weird sound in there and try to like make something cool with it. And that's sort of a, a lot of what I've been trying to do for these past few years just like, I'm not, I'm not really one to just load up like a, you know, cookie cutter lead sound and just make like a, a track with it for me that's too easy yeah. i, I, I want to like open some sort of portal to another dimension with some interesting sounds
0: yeah definitely and i mean i can attest to that like you know all of the music you've been putting out the lead like the lead synths the grouse that you put in <laughs> e- even even the, the re is just wow <laughs> like <laughs> i have never heard some of this stuff before and i mean I mean, that's a test to, you know, to your deep diving, <laughs> digging into all these crazy sounds that, you know, that, that's your style, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, it. it's more fun for me when I can mm-hmm. just sort of dive in deep on some weird, obscure thing and find something amazing in there. And there's also a lot of stuff that, like, it'll trigger some memory or some feeling that I've had in a dream. Wow. And that kind of stuff is like, like yeah. once I hit that spot, I'm like, I need to follow this. And another thing is like, I, I never have like a preconceived notion for what I want the track to sound like. Like if I'm working it, when I start a song, sure, I'm sure. never like, I want this to be, you know, hard wave or dubstep or something. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to, play around and see what happens and sometimes (laughs) it ends up like i'll think i'm going in like a super chill direction Mm -hmm. and the track ends up being like an insane banger and then it sometimes is the other way around where i start with like some like harsh sound that ends up going in the direction where it's like a super chill emotional Mm -hmm. track at the end and i kind of love just like letting the music happen rather than me trying to force it into a specific zone Mm, that's really
0: interesting because i I know you know i've spoken to a lot of producers and everyone has their different you know productivity or maybe different workflow and for you from what i've been hearing it sounds like you don't really have like a specific goal in mind when you're working on a track you just kind of let the different sounds dictate you know where you're going with it whatever you yep. randomly pick up or whatever portal you open quote unquote <laughs> maybe you can talk about a little bit of your productivity and how you you know view your workflow when when you're making songs
1: yeah uh productivity is i don't i i, I was talking i was actually talking to without about this uh, like last weekend where i sort of like I'll go a few days without actually like working on a track because I'll just feel like uninspired. But Mm -hmm. in that, like in between time, I'm always trying to see how I can use that time to uh, sort of progress my musical knowledge or production knowledge further. So if I'm not Actually, working on a track, sometimes I'll just be jamming out on the keyboard or I'll start playing the guitar. Yeah. Or I'll watch some like YouTube tutorials about production or have a conversation with somebody online about, you know, yeah. random production stuff. And that kind of stuff at least keeps me feeling productive. Uh, cause I'm the kind of person where like when I am working on a track, like I'll usually finish it within like, I don't know, max like a week most of the time i like i'll get up in the morning start a track and then have it pretty much done by the end of the day and then i'll spend like the next day actually like fixing mixing issues and and then like but once i do that i feel burnt out on music for like a few days and i can't do it again but actually (laughs) i did make an ep it's still unreleased i made an ep back in 2018 Mm -hmm in one week I wow. like finished <laughs> the entire, it's like five tracks and they never actually went anywhere, but that was kind of like a catalyst for like what I wanted to do with the project and sort of like prove to myself that I could sort of just like make kind of weird, cool wave music and have it be a thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean like, you definitely can make wave music. You came out with an EP. Yeah. <laughs> Psychokinesis EP. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Wow. That EP is amazing. And I've been listening to it, you know, when it released, you know, all throughout <laughs> listening so I could prepare for this interview, but just release just listening to it like on my own like personal like, you know, listening. And wow. That EP is amazing. So let's talk about it. We want to know the details. (laughs) Who, what, when, where, why? You know, basic
1: English essay. You know, know, how did the EP start, you know? So it was about, I think, around September, October, September uh, last year. Vibe Digital reached out to me saying that they were interested in having me release an EP with them. If I had an EP to release with them. And that kind of got the ball rolling and I was originally I kind of ha- I wanted to do sort of a similar thing that I did with that unreleased EP where I just like went hard and made the whole thing in like one week or two weeks or something. Wow! And I didn't end up doing that. I kind of just like had that in the back of my mind while I was just like starting and finishing random other songs. I mean, they weren't exactly random because they ended up on the EP, but um, I was like working on music and then I had like all these unreleased tracks and I was like, why am I just waiting to like start this EP when I just made the EP over the last few (laughs) months of me thinking about the EP. And so that was kind of a, like I I put these tracks together and I was like, this is it. This, these work, this is what I want. Uh, Actually. And like, the order of the tracks mm-hmm. was I, I had actually started the last track persistence back in, I think February of last year mm-hmm. and finished that. I don't know, maybe the end of the summer just sort of, it, it had been sitting and I was like, I, I need to go revisit that and, you know, make it a, a full track. Mm-hmm. And I had that done. Uh And then, Over the summer, the uh, the Sable Valley summer compilation dropped, and I was extremely inspired by pretty much everything that was on that compilation. Shout out Sable Valley! Yeah, huge, Mm -hmm. huge shout out. Uh, But the uh, the one track that sticks out on that compilation is "Enemy" by Kumarian, and that track goes so hard. That's like one of my favorite, probably my favorite drum and bass track. Yeah, like ever, mm-hmm. um, and I was like really feeling that uh song, and mm-hmm. I sort of had that like in my mind when I was working on superposition, and superposition, it, it's not even drum and bass; it's it's a completely different track. But it it was like derived from the inspiration that I felt from listening to that Kamari on track. Wow! So that was, I think, that was the second track that I had done for the EP. Okay. Um, and then I think I did collapse next. Mm -hmm. So kind of like working backwards on the track order here, except for uh, energy field, which that that was the final track that I finished. So it was like persistence, superposition, collapse, and then uh, what's the first one? Oh, psychokinesis Psychokinesis. (laughs) (laughs) and then energy field. Uh, And there's sort of, like I mentioned earlier with the, uh, with the Oberheim I've used, there's at least one instance of that synthesizer in each one of these tracks Mm. and the, uh, the intro to psychokinesis. That was all this, this one preset I found on there called Apollo. Just put Mm. a little reverb on that. And I remember just like jamming out that day, making that intro Mm. and it was so much fun. And, That's yeah awkward. i had like i had those four tracks done and then energy field did not exist yet and i sent those four tracks over to vibe digital and they're like yeah these are great but we kind of want to see like a hard track on here just like <laughs> just one and i'm like just a right. hard wave track just right. just one <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what i can do <laughs> so i uh yeah i was just messing around with like bass design i'd been like sort of getting into those weird, gnarly, distorted, really resonant, nasty bases and started playing with that. And it just, that was another track that happened in like, I don't know, maybe two or three days of me working on it. And I was like, this is the one, this is it. And yeah, I sent it over to them and they're just like, dude, (laughs) what have you done? (laughs) You asked for it. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. I mean, like, when, when i listen to the ep my sort of thoughts on the EP is like wow like each song i don't know how you did it but each song is sort of building into each other you know yeah When you get into psychokinesis it's like you know very beautiful introduction with that lush synth, and then the second, the second, you know, part of that is that beautiful synth solo that you're playing. It wasn't even like a melody, it was just an actual solo that goes on into this arpeggiated riff,
1: you yeah, know, reverb yeah. and delayed into <laughs>
0: that next beautiful part. And then you get collapse where it starts getting a little darker and darker, still having that garage feeling, you know, yeah. still with the same offbeat synths, very syncopated. And then you get into superposition which is my first or second favorite off the album i love how that's inspired by kumarion because that big fat growl in the first yeah. drop that's in the middle of your brain it's like super <laughs> mono you know yep. and then the second one with the grouse and the syncopated synths but that's not even that's not even the finale, and then you get into energy field, and you're like, oh my god, this, this is the one I wanna hear at Ultra, Ultra <laughs> Miami, or EDC. This is like fireworks going off, everyone's going crazy, and then you get into persistence, where it's like, man, and it's like that song is like classic wave to me. Like, yeah, like I get the same feeling like that you put in where, like, I'm listening to, like, Skeller, like, Flow Away, something with, like, a big synth <laughs> sound, but it's not really, like, you know, in your face. Yeah. Like, all the leads and guitars, you know, so that album, or excuse me, EP, <laughs> is very good. And I just kind of want to get your, like, you know, takeaways, you know, how does it feel creating this EP, you know, now that you've maybe had a couple weeks to really, you know, sit on it, see the reception.
1: Yeah, are, I mean, I've been... Your thoughts absolutely blown away with the reception because i i get to a point with my music where i'm just like i kind of start to get up in my head about it i'm like oh i don't know if it's good enough people are gonna like it or if it's like the right thing to be releasing at this time and also like putting a lot of faith into a like five track release versus a single is like a whole different experience because i've only released singles for the past uh did well three years that i've been doing this project so like finally having like a multi-track i mean i did a two track with uh five digital two years ago but other than that you know i haven't done anything like this and this was yeah i mean it was absolutely like the night of that release party stream that we did it sort of like alleviated all of that sort of uh apprehension and anxiety about it because like I just saw people like in the chat just getting totally excited about it and it made me feel extremely happy to know that I was that it was a it was a hit people liked it and Yeah. yeah now I mean it's been I don't know two three weeks yeah and I still have people messaging me like yo the EP is great I'm like wow this feels really cool <laughs> it must feel incredible
0: i mean like from me as a listener and sort of revealing this ep you know all as i said all of sort of the tracks build on each other
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in that sense like there's no loss in quality at all you know it's it's like you tell this i don't know if you try to do it but it's like you told this like absolute beautiful story going from introduction to rising scene to the climax to the ending yeah and i think a lot of people appreciated you know what you brought with that sort of storytelling i don't know if you that was something that
1: you tended but it definitely showed through i think it kind of comes because i didn't originally like explicitly think about it that way but i my like personal musical background is in classical music and i've played a lot of uh like symphonic music where it sort of tells a story like that where it's got sort of like this nice uh Sort of beautiful intro and then it starts to get a little bit darker and then there's like a section where it just you know goes super hard and there's a lot of loud things happening and then it sort of tapers out and everything's okay again Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's just sort of like in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about music yeah and also the fact that if I'm remembering correctly I both start and end the EP on a major chord instead of a minor chord which i like to do with like i feel like resolving on a major chord is just a lot more satisfying and like gives a more like a better sense of like finality yeah to a track than ending either on like I notice a lot of tracks end on like a leading tone, which kind of makes me angry because it's like just resolve it, please. Resolve it. Yeah, <laughs> but like <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's just like a personal thing because like I mean I do that sometimes too, mm-hmm. but it re- it really depends on the on the the track and on like the, the, and the vibe. context yeah. of what you're working with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I I think yeah, like in in this context of like your EP the beginning was definitely like very lush and beautiful which you know in like which you can convey in sort of that you know uh what's called major chord progression that mm-hmm. you're talking about and then like it sort of gets into this sort of minor sounding progressions that you're creating and one thing one little detail that i like that maybe i'm wrong about it is it seems like a lot of the tracks the ending chords or at least like the end, or at least like the key signature, it felt like they were the same key signature or relative key signature to that one. And yeah, I transitioned
1: to the I, next. I didn't really like think that's another thing that just sort of like happened. Yeah. Cause, uh, collapse and superposition, I think, are both in E minor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Psychokinesis is in c minor, but i'm I'm trying to think of like circle of fifths right now and I can't but <laughs> it's all uh, <laughs> also uh I think energy field might be e minor i think it e is because that lead <laughs> that you started with like perfectly like
0: harmonic with the ending of superposition
1: yeah. Yeah, and also the uh, the the weird lead that I have in the intro of energy field is sort of modulating uh, it, it kind of goes up to um, it like goes up and down a half step. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a dissonant weird sort of in between yeah. uh, transition note mm-hmm. between those two tracks. Yeah, that definitely. like works. It worked. It worked for sure. (laughs) It
0: definitely worked for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I loved the EP and it seemed like everyone loved the EP and you had your own release party with vibe digital. Maybe you can talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love vibe digital. They've been, you know, great friends of mine for the last few years. Uh, I, I mean, I first started talking to them back in, 2018, I sent them a demo on their website and they got back to me and they're like, yeah, you know, this is good. It's probably not what we're looking for, but that started the, uh, the conversation. Then they had me do a little guest mix on their radio show. And then eventually, uh, got a release like a year later, uh, with that two track, uh, undertow and lost and then trying to think of like between that yeah and then there were a couple stream shows uh like there was into the vibe i think it was called like uh about a year ago Mm -hmm. i got to be a part of that and that sort of that was one of the first few uh online twitch stream shows that i'd played and that was a lot of fun and i think they definitely like that might have gotten them thinking about the EP then uh when because I've it's it's all blending together I said it might have been around September it might have been like earlier than that because I just remember like after a stream uh fumes hitting me up like yo like this is some crazy shit going on mm-hmm. like we want an EP it's <laughs> like hell yeah um so, yeah, and I, I'm like all the artists on there, I've gotten to be really good friends with. Uh, they sort of blend across different sub communities in the wave community, but I mean, got like Mercurial Sorcery, Yedgar, Forest uh, Boys, like, yeah, like <laughs> most of the Forest Boys are also have had something to do with Vibe Digital at some point, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and. Yeah, like, it's all just a bunch of good friends and we're making music and having a good time and I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, so, you know, just to, uh, you know, keep moving along, I think uh, we talked about the EP, Awesome Talk. So now I'm going to open up the floor to the Twitch chat for Q&A with Raymond. Uh, so, you know, put down, you know, your questions. Uh, if you have any questions, you can put some memes in there too. We'll take a look. <laughs> we'll give some shout outs as well. But I do have a couple questions. Uh, you know, you were, you know, you're uh, talking about Edgar um, and a couple others for the Forest Boys Collective. Yeah. Can you maybe talk about them a little bit and how, you know, you're all introduced to each other? And I think yeah. you have two compilations now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's two Forest Boys compilations out. Uh, they're both great. You should listen to them. Um, the, so this sort of started back in, oh man, I think it was twigs, uh, who I was introduced Mm. to, or he hit me up or something happened. Anyway, he, uh, we were both living in Arizona at the time and he was like, Hey man, you live in Arizona. Um, so, so we started hanging out and I think it was him who was like, Hey, there's this like group chat on Facebook with like me and a couple other producer homies. And we just like hang out in there and it's a great time. And I think you would be a great fit for this little community. And I was like, sure, throw me in there. So I, you know, joined that. And it was this, yeah, this group chat with sorcery, mercurial, Yedgar, Yama without, uh, I'm trying to think of like all the people on the roster. Cause it's, it's grown uh, just Connor. Uh, I mean, there, there's a bunch and like, we just hang out in there and like, we'll be on discord. We'll play video games or we'll, you know, watch anime or something just like hang out and have a good time. So like, it is a music collective, but it kind of feels like it's just like a friend group first and foremost. And I really like yeah. that. Cause it's like, we're all just, you know, we'll share production knowledge with each other. We'll talk about random shit that's going on in our lives. Yeah. definitely. And I'm really happy to just have that group of friends. Cause yeah. it's, it's also kind of like crazy. Cause like a lot of the producers in forest boys, I have like been like, really inspired by for the past few years and like really like put on a pedestal mm-hmm. and like it was like an adjustment for me to like at first be like oh wow like i get to like talk to these people like i get to be friends with them like this is amazing yeah that that
0: sounds awesome <laughs> and like honestly like in this day and age where you know there's so many different you know things going on having a community to solidify yourself Is something I feel very important and something, you know, like being part of soul food, like music collective, something that I've been very fortunate to have. And like these things, not just music, but like, you know, being able to vent about your problems or being able to laugh with friends, being able to create, I feel like it's such a positive experience for the music and artist journey.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, having that like friend community is imperative and, really good all right so we're gonna get into a couple yeah. questions
0: we got i think a couple so we got Zenoc. can you see this banner right here yeah got, yeah is remnant available in any other file formats <laughs> slash s
1: oh man <laughs> uh it, it's, it's remnant.zip uh seven zip <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i think i think exe is the only one but uh that's it's know, the maybe, best one to me come on yeah bro. Remnant.exe,
0: thats such a sick name.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just sounds bad. I mean, I—I I use Mac, like I don't even use EXE files, but like <laughs> ZIP just sounds wrong. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it's—it sounds bad.
1: Yeah, All sorts of bad.
0: Okay, we got another one, a more serious one by Ramon. Oh man! How did Singularity come about? How did you feel about it being in Halloween? I
1: don't oh know man, what that
0: is eleven nine
1: nine. nine. <laughs> Excellent question, Ramon. Thank you um so that came about i made that track uh last summer and i was really just trying to send demos to sable valley i was uh, on the grind because like i originally back into like february 2019 when rl grime had that ama uh he mentioned he name dropped me and skeller as like sonic inspirations for the record label (laughs) like of like the kind of music that he wanted on there and i was like what (laughs) okay uh and that was like that totally freaked me out but I had no idea how to like actually get in contact with anyone at Sable Valley I didn't know who the A&R was I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. and so that was just sort of in the back of my head for like a year and then um when I was in uh, back when Arcadia happened Skeller dropped my yet unreleased collab with Dead Crow and their A&R the the Sable Valley A&R reached out to us and was like 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 messaged us on the video it was like yo what is this we want this mm-hmm. and they didn't end up signing it but like i finally had like a contact and i was yeah. like yo can i just like keep sending you stuff and they were like yeah just like send us whatever you got so i just kept like grinding out tracks and i sent that one and it kind of took a while for like them to get back to me so i sent like a little like follow-up email it was like hey uh just checking in on that demo <laughs> and next thing I know, like the next day I got a message from RL Grime himself. He's like, yo, that track what? is sick. And I was like, bro,
0: what? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. The man yeah. himself.
1: <laughs> Dude, oh he was nuts. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was when he told me, he was like, yeah, it's probably going to be in the Halloween nine mix. And, you know, that we weren't even like talking about a release at that point, but it was kind of like, you know, implied. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah, that's how that happened. And that was, I mean, insane. Like everything, like since that, like mix and release, like I just have noticed, like everybody's like actually paying attention to me. Like it's weird. Cause like, I'm just like doing the same, (laughs) I'm doing like the same stuff that I would have been doing, you know, anyway. But like now I'm like getting like a weirdly high amount of engagement on like all my social media posts, like all my tracks and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, just that one thing can like do a lot. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really grateful that that happened and I'm really happy I got to uh, sort of have that opportunity. So, yeah. I mean, that's
0: wow. <laughs> RL messaging you to say, wow, that track is sick. I mean, come on now. Like that's that guy is a legend. OG. Oh, yeah. Must have felt incredible to you. And I'm super proud of you. That's so
1: awesome, bro. Yeah, it was surreal. But yeah, thanks. Definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into a couple more questions. Here we go.
1: Where uh, do I get my inspiration yep. from? Shout out, Nick Serenity. He's a homie. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't. I, I guess like maybe like, kind of everything like other music, uh, film, television, video games. I recently watched Blade Runner 2049 again oh, uh, wow, a couple yeah. days ago. That movie has been incredibly inspirational, like single handedly, like had a huge impact on the direction I went, especially with like that retro kind of 80s sound. Sure. Uh, I remember I saw that movie when it was in theaters, also with Lutecy. Uh, We went to go watch that and like, I remember coming out of that like a changed person. I was mm. like, this is something insane. And like, I want to like be able to capture some kind of th- this kind of vibe with my music.
0: Yeah. So
1: that was a huge inspiration. Also, just like, like I said before dreams, like I like to sort of find things that trigger emotions and feelings mm. that I've had in dreams yeah. and follow that route. So, yeah, it's a lot. Uh also nature. I really like hiking and being out. Yes, yes, like, nature is a big one. Just uh like sometimes getting outside of the unplugging for a little bit and just, just no way. being away. Uh that can give me inspiration.
0: And so I kinda wanna take this question further because I think it's a really interesting topic. Oh. Um you know, when I hear a lot of, you know, people talking about their inspirations, a lot of different things come to mind. But for you, would you say you have more an intrinsic, you know, inspiration where it's stuff that you've experienced, you know, whether it be memories, dreams, or would you say it's more like, you know, outside things inspire you, whether that be more music or, you know, uh, TV, other different kinds of media, which one I do you feel say? like.
1: With like oh man talks. I feel like internal is probably like the primary one like I mm-hmm. find that I will go a long time just like like I forget to listen to music like I don't it's like I, I'll just be going about my day sure. and I'm like wow I actually haven't listened to anything other than my own music for like a week and it's like I always get super inspired when I listen to actually like go and listen to music like I've been watching these live stream shows, you know, whenever I can catch them and I'm usually like afterwards, just feeling super inspired. Like there've been a few of those where I've just like gone straight into the DAW and made a whole track in like two hours. So there is like, I feel like if I was stuck on a desert Island with mm-hmm. no access to other media, I would still have a certain level of inspiration to keep me going. But yeah, um, there's other, other things out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, see in the chat, my mother said the squeak of the garbage can inspired. I was telling her the other day, uh, I was, I was making my coffee in the morning. I went to go throw away the coffee filter and I opened the trash can and just like the squeak of the lid hit like <laughs> a note that just got me going. And wow. I had to, I, I just went straight to my computer and made a whole track in like, I don't know, three or four hours. Wow. And it was like, it That's was just awesome. <laughs> Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. We got one more philosophical from the Captain Cook. Jordan, thank you. Do you think your music reflects your relationship to the spirit of the times?
1: The spirit of the times. The spirit um, of the times. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like. I don't, I don't really feel like my music is reflective of like the current state of things. Like I like to think of it as being somewhat larger than that um, sort of reflecting of the spirit of just the, the universe itself, like sure. just everything happening at once. I don't know. I uh, (laughs) like I don't really think about my music like that too much Um, because like I know music can be really sort of therapeutic for people like when they're like going through, you know, hard emotional times and stuff like they can really like put that into their music and it sort of, you know, helps them get through things. And I've never really like been the kind of person where like that's a thing for me i mean it is in the way with like instrumental music like if i'm feeling a way i i can like pick up a guitar or violin or the keys or something and play on that and like that can be fun but like actually like producing feels like it's something else to me Yeah, like, it's like a different form sure
0: and i've been thinking about this you know preparing my questions, you know, seeing what topics we can dive into. And I've like when I okay, so to be specific, there was the the boombox cartel stream, I think brothel played in Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. And, you know, boombox cartel, big audience, you know, (laughs) um, larger than the wave community. And so I was seeing a lot of different comments during brothels, you know, when bothell was playing saying wow this got me so in my feels this is so (laughs) emotional and like wow like i feel like i'm crying and all this stuff but to me like personally i feel like wave music is beyond like you know human emotion it it transports me into this place that i've never been before and so like i know i put this as a topic but do you think like wave invokes like emotion or do you think it invokes something else or is that you know
1: dependent on the artist i think it depends on the artist because i mean i uh there was a there was a stream uh i don't know a few months ago where mercurial was playing a set and that i i was kind of destroyed after listen in a good way but like that just like something hit me and I yeah it was very emotional and I find like music like that to be just like primo like that's where it's at yeah. um but like there's also a lot of wave where like I don't really get that feeling from and it's sort of just you know it sounds cool or there's like a cool vibe like yeah, to definitely. it And I really like that. Like, I feel like there's just wave has this ability to sort of capture a feeling or image or vibe or something like that. Yeah. In a way that like, I don't find with a lot of other mainstream or not even non-mainstream electronic music. But I think that's like things like, like old drum and bass from like the nineties. Like, I feel like people find the same thing in that. And like classic dubstep, like there's like that thing there where like before the genre kind of like gets to a point where it's just like super like boiled down, commercialized, like there's like a something tangible there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's, I think that's what makes wave music so, you know, that's what makes it so good. And like, that's why people who listen to wave really love it, because there's just this intangible feeling that, you know, that is palpable to the listener. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think that's beautiful, honestly. Like, that's why wave music is so awesome. All right, We're gonna go to the next question. All right.
1: Do you ever plan
0: on scoring some music for TV film?
1: Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Uh, any any film producers, TV producers, <laughs> game producers, just hit me up. I'm, what what I'm are down. some of your
0: favorite, you know, media? I know you mentioned Blade Runner, but are there any other movies or films that really inspire you?
1: Oh man, The Matrix, oh, the, man. the Matrix trilogy. That's my yeah. favorite movie trilogy of all oh, time yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. yeah, like that aesthetic, uh, the music, the everything about those films, just really cool. Uh, Like for me, there's also like some sort of intangible feeling attached to those films that like, I'd love to be able to capture with my own music. So stuff like that, I really like, I mean, anything that sort of has to do with sort of the, the melding of sort of technology ai metaphysical stuff like all in one is just kind of cool
0: oh yeah that's definitely such a cool topic to explore and i feel like you do it pretty well in your music and like (laughs) all of the visuals that you bring along i feel like that fits perfectly in that
1: that's cool to hear yeah i feel like my visuals are like sort of in that same realm as my music where like i kind of don't really think about it. i'm just like messing around on photoshop yeah. and I'm like oh that looks cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean even with your name dot exe like you can think of it in that sort of
0: metaphysical like you know like ai futuristic where's this musician but like his like his or their or whatever name is has.exe. .exe, so it's like, <laughs> what, what, what does the .exe mean? And yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, so I definitely get that vibe from like your music and your artistry for sure.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, it makes me happy to hear. Like, I, I want that to be coming through. Yeah, definitely. All right,
0: I think it looks like that's the end of
1: our question, and end I think we're questions. getting
0: to the tail end. So I got one more. I think Taco Tamago asked this. Uh, and I'm also going to ask this as well. Uh, So, you know, what's next for you for the next six months? You got any other projects? Uh, You know, are you you maybe going to do some live performances? You know, what's next for the remnant.exe project?
1: So uh, we have at least uh, one live performance lined up that people can expect to see some announcements about at some point. Um, Hopefully more. That's kind of the goal for the next six months, really focus on getting bookings and getting out of my bedroom. Um, so I, uh, that's kind of like the thing I'm going to be focusing on. Also, uh, got a ton of music lined up. Uh, awesome. so you're going to be seeing some, some cool releases. Uh, you'll finally be able to hear some of the IDs that I've been playing in all my stream sets. uh in real life or at (laughs) least just like actually stream them instead of hearing them in a mix (laughs) (laughs) Sir,
0: super excited let's go
1: i'm all right yeah super excited oh yeah yeah, no i was yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so sorry for that but honestly like this has been such an amazing interview do you want to give any last shout outs to your homies to your
1: friends oh man i mean there's, there's so many Everybody on the forest boys, like go check them out. Uh, I mean, even, like beyond that, if you if anyone's not familiar with like the vibe digital catalog, like go through all of it on there and listen to all those artists. I mean, there's, there's so many, uh, like, yeah, that those are all the homies. I wouldn't be here where I am today with doing the things that I'm doing with my music without all of those friends and people to help me along the process. Definitely.
0: All right. I think this is going to conclude our interview today. Thank you so much, Remnant, for Dude. talking to me. I really appreciate it. And that was such a sick interview. Thank you. Everyone learned so much. <laughs> and I'm so happy we did this. this yeah, been so sick.
1: It's been a pleasure. All right. Uh, well, you know, Hope you have a, uh, wonderful day and you know if you yeah, ever want me back give me the hit my line
0: yeah definitely i think <laughs> we've created a relationship where you know we're definitely going to hit you back up for you know more events so i'm definitely looking forward to that Alrighty. all right thank you well, guys so much that's going to conclude it all right have a good day guys thank you all right. peace see ya